I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. So Thursday felt so much like the last day of school, right? Like you wake up and you know that you've got to go, but the teachers are going to release you early. You might play a board game. You might watch a movie. They're not interested in teaching. You're really just looking at your watch, and you're saying, they're not going to make a stay for the whole period, are they? <laughs> and so that's pretty much what it was for the Buccaneers as they wrapped up uh, their three-day mandatory minicamp. It lasted about 45 minutes, and that's about half, half as long. Usually they're about an hour and a half to two-hour workouts. And Todd Bowles, you know, told him to hit the air horn, and they gathered him up, and it, he didn't have much to say to him. He just told him, look, come back in shape. And the injured guys, you got to get healthier and come back ready to go. And so with that, um, they scattered. And a lot of them had flights. Uh, and, uh, you know, I think they got their work in. The, between the OTAs and the minicamp, not much different between those. They, they cleaned some things up in the red zone on this final day. But all that matters really now is that these guys take a couple weeks at least, probably not more than one or two, and just decompress, get away from football. And let me just tell you, having having covered the NFL for as long as I have, it has changed so much from the time I started, which, yeah, they were wearing leather helmets. I get it. Um, but what I mean is these guys, and, and not just the players, but the coaches, the administrators, and, yes, the sports writers, um, it's, a, it's 11 months plus a year. I mean, it they the NFL has scheduled something every single month, whether it's, you know, right after the season, the combine, the draft, the OTAs, um, the off-season workout program, the rookie mini camps, the mandatory mini camps, and so you go, you know, right up until now, the middle of June, and in four weeks, five at the most, rookies will be coming back for their orientation, and then a couple of days later, it'll be veterans, and by the end of July, you start the whole cycle over again. That's going to last eleven months. It it is. Um, not what it used to be. And I, and I do mean like, you know, on one hand, when they get to training camp, it's not like the Ray Perkins days where they had three a days. Okay. Or even two a days when John Gruden was here, it's one practice a day. Um, they have to have a day off after, you know, four. Um, and, and so there's a lot of CBA rules that have the old, the old players, if they came back and they talk about them all the time, they're like, geez, how soft is this camp? You know, like there's no, you can't be in pads, but so many days during the season, you can't be in pads the first few days of training camp. I remember, and I'm going to sound like the grumpy old man, my day, um, they put pads on the first day and the first drill was goal line and they went full speed and they liked it. And that's exactly what it was. I can't, I, I don't, I can't tell you how many training camps I went to. It's like, okay, blow the whistle. They're in pads and, and they get down on a goal line and they're running goal line just to, I love the, I love the sound of cracking pads in the morning. Um, but this is totally different. And yet uh, these guys are ready for a break. 
And I I thought it was interesting, Steve. Like I, I don't really have a great feel, and I think it's very hard to have a good feel for what a team is going to be in the offseason. Um, you see talent, but they're not playing football. You know, that's the thing that Bowles keeps harping on. You know, shorts and shirts. And we're not we're not gonna award anybody a you know starting job with shorts and shirts. But you do kind of see who's out there and in what positions. Um, and you also see that there's an awful lot to do. There's an awful lot of learning to do with Dave Canales' offense. And he's never called a play uh, in a game. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot to do with figuring out who is the offensive line. And a lot to do with, you know, how are they going to plug some of these holes on defense and, and so on and so forth. So this this team has a ton of questions, man. They do, and it's a lot of questions, but it's a lot of opportunities too. I mean, a new offense. Mm-hmm. We saw how last year's offense stuttered, it, it, it even did, with yeah. Tom Brady at the helm. Mm-hmm. Never got really going, right? A game or two here or there, but you know, a whole new offense, which means you know, if you're the Minnesota Vikings, you're the Chicago Bears. Like, it's hard to prepare for this team. Well, you know, Baker you're looking Mayfield. at Seattle. You're looking at yeah. Seattle tape, right? Yeah. You're looking mm-hmm. at what what they did in Seattle a year ago. Mm-hmm. But that's not the Bucks personnel. But you are at least kind of grasping the concepts, and it's sort mm-hmm. of what they brought from the Rams. So this this sort of offense has been out there. It is. I mean, I don't think your players. running backs are as good as Seattle. You know, they Probably had not. you know Rashad Penny, and then you know Kenneth Walker. Yeah, Walker went over a thousand as a rookie. I mean, great. I don't, I don't yeah. think Rashad White and Chase Edmonds and Keyshawn Vaughn, Keyshawn Vaughn are at that level. I mean, no, I Rashad agree. White could prove us wrong this year, and he's going to he get could. an opportunity to. He is. Um, I, I think you're. I don't think Seattle had a. They have good receivers, but Mike Evans and Chris Godwin are elite. They're as good as anybody. Mm-hmm. I mean, they. You know, Seattle has good receivers. Yes, they too. do. They um, do. But they, but I would agree with you that you know these are two established guys that have played off each other for years. Mm-hmm. I mean, Godwin's going into his seventh year. That doesn't seem possible to me. And of course, Mike is already in his tenth. Yep. Um, don't know what you're going to get out of Russell Gage. He was out there working out a little bit with the trainers. Missed all the off season. He's been hurt pretty much since he got here. Uh, but there's some young guys. There's some young young players with a lot of speed. You know, Trey mm-hmm. Palmer, um, Devin Tompkins, who can just I'm surprised Devin doesn't play more receiver. He's so small. He's so incredibly small. But, man, can he leap out of a building. I mean, the guy plays mm-hmm. like he's 6'2". Um, so they'll have, some, they'll have some guys that, they've, that they'll add. Um, I'm curious how the tight yeah, ends develop for Tampa Bay. It's going to be huge. It's going to be really big for them. And it's a young room. Like, mm-hmm. you know, the, I mean, there's nobody in there that's, more, that, that's any older than their – really their second or third year, you know. Um, Kate Otten is probably the you know the starter for sure, but also um, the experienced guy, and he's going into year two. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's a young group. But uh, look, at the end of the day, for Tampa Bay, mm-hmm. I think it all boils down to the offensive line. It always has. It was right. a problem last year. Yeah, yeah. You know how does Tristan Wirth transition to left tackle? Right. How does Luke mm-hmm. Gedeke do it right tackle? Yeah, that's huge. Uh, how healthy yeah. is Ryan Jensen? And, and, and assuming it. he's healthy this season, that's going to be a huge, huge improvement from last year at center throughout the season. 
Yeah, if he's healthy and can mm-hmm. play at a Ryan Jensen level, you're exactly mm-hmm. right. And if he's not, then that shakes everything else up. I thought it was interesting the other day we were talking about the offensive line. It's one of the things. I wrote a thing in TampaBay.com in the Tampa Bay Times. You can check it out. Like sort of like three things we know we've kind of learned about this team. And one of them is that the offensive line um, is sort of unknown. You know, mm-hmm. like you, you mentioned it, can worse – make the transition and, and be all pro at left tackle the way he was at right tackle and get a key. You know, we've not seen him play very well in the NFL, but they say he's a right tackle and he was at Central Michigan. Well, that is that, that what it's going to take. When it comes to Jensen, it was funny the other day, uh, we were asking, you know, sort of breaking down the positions. Um, and when we uh, mentioned Robert Hainsey, like, is he going to compete at guard? Or if Jensen comes back he, and, and Todd says, well, Really, for now, he's just the backup center. So I was like, wow. So a guy that started at center would now be behind Jensen and really wouldn't get much of an opportunity to play guard. They just want him to be that back. Then he could he can play guard. So if you got a helmet on Sunday, you have a, you have a guy that can do both things. Um, but really... Um, or is that saying you know, he's backup center because we're not certain... We don't know how Jensen's going to do. Right, exactly. And that and that was the other thing that, that kind of struck me. was like, wait a minute. Are they saying that they don't know when Jensen's going to be ready? Because Jensen, he was out there pretty much all offseason. He went to a lot of the OTAs. He did some individual stuff. We saw him doing some running a little bit and conditioning. And it's all good. It's not football. Like, like with, for Ryan Jensen to be great, and I know he came back and he played, but the tape wasn't good of anybody that day, and in particular him. Um but for him to come back and play, if he can't be Ryan Jensen, then what do you have? You know, a, a worse version of Robert Hainsey? I mean, we don't know this. I mean, Ryan's not the youngest player to begin with, and now he's a guy with three torn knee ligaments um, that went a non-surgical uh, way to get back on the field, which he did, and again, it was for one game, and he wasn't very good. So what kind of Ryan Jensen are they going to get? And that is huge, you know? Um I think uh, you know the the Matt Filer guy is going to be uh, an upgrade, and he can play guard or tackle. And it looks like he's they said it's his job to lose next to Tristan at, at left guard. But yeah, and and the biggest thing for them, in addition to the personnel, because they're just shuffling the deck. You know, they they got a new guy in Cody Malk who could be the right uh, could be the right guard. Mm-hmm. He's going he's in that mix. Um, but really, they didn't add a whole lot. They, they just they just moved the pieces. Mm-hmm. They're shuffling the so deck. Now it, yeah, so now it's really up to it's it's up to Dave Canales. You know, it, can Dave Canales' scheme, can he scheme up to make these guys better players? You know, um, some guys can play better in zone blocking, man blocking, uh, inside zone, outside zone. Like, you know, um, the concepts are going to be important. And, you know, talking to Bulls, it's like, you know, we, we haven't really done a lot in the run game just yet because we're not in pads. you got the concepts, but you can't really come off the ball and execute. So those are all down-the-road questions. And, and you got to have sort of an uneasy feeling, I think, if you're the Bucks because of the way it went last year. Now, they were mad at Byron Leftwich, didn't call enough runs. They have to worry about – rush attempts like they'll get there they're gonna they're gonna play that kind of game um they're they're gonna run the football whether they run it well or not i i think that you know the other part of this is and i got to thinking about this when i was 
watching guys drop interceptions. They actually had a better period. The quarterbacks had a really good period, I thought, for the time they were out there on Thursday. They kind of bounced back from what was not so good uh, on Wednesday. But, you know, and I wrote this. Baker Mayfield has thrown 64 uh, 64 interceptions in the past five seasons. Now, that's not Winston-like, right, who threw 30 in one year. Um, But it's the most in the NFL during that period. The most. Now, it's also just ahead of a guy named Josh Allen that no one seems to think is bad. And he's got 60. And then the recently retired Matt Ryan has 57. And Matt Ryan was never known for a guy that threw a lot of picks. So you're going to throw interceptions. But to be the leader over the past five years, and this is your fourth team since, you know, last year, really, um, that's something to worry about. Uh, you know, Kyle Trask, we don't know what he is because he's only attempted nine passes. So both these guys are still competing. So there's going to be some growing pains. I think as they get to know the offense better, they'll do a little better. But no matter what they are, right, no matter what Mayfield or Trask are, they can't be Tom Brady. They can't be. Tom Brady's interception percentage for three seasons here was 1.63. 1.63% of his pass attempts. And you go, well, how many passes uh, led the league the last two years? 719. Mm-hmm. And if that wasn't good enough, 733. So just 1% of 733 pass attempts. There's no way they're going to reach that. There's no way they're going to approximate that. And well, so, and, and you you can't even try to do that. I mean, that's no. You, can, you pretty much have to forget last year or the last three years. Yeah, when you're looking but at this you're offense, going, evaluating you're, it's this such offense. a contrast, though, mm-hmm. right? You're mm-hmm. going from Brady, who's the greatest of all time, protects the ball better than anybody, to a guy who has led mm-hmm. the NFL in turnovers. Well, in, you kind of went from the guy the who led the NFL in interceptions to, <laughs> to, to, to Tom Brady. Now you're going to the well. Guys that's what led. I'm saying. <laughs> how did how did it work out in 2000? That's exactly what I'm saying. Like kind of like. Mm, how did it work out in 2019? You had a really good defense or a better defense, and you're kind of bailing them out, but then you kept getting you in trouble. Like It could look like that, right? Like It mm-hmm. could. But I think the longer they're in the offense, the you know, I guess my biggest point is that they're not going to Minnesota and going to beat the dog whatever out of the Vikings on September 10th. They're not. I don't think they are. Um, now, Minnesota might have – you know, some surprises. They might they might not be quite prepared for what the Bucks are going to do, um, but it's going to take time, I think, for this team to gel and to to really, really groove a new offense and and kind of understand and and can, you know Canales it's it's a two it's a two way street. They're learning the offense, and Canales is learning his players. Mm-hmm. You know, th- th- there's there's a lot of a lot of back and forth going on right now. Uh, between Dave and and Mike and Chris and Rashad and all those guys trying to figure out what they can do, you know, in this offense, in the structure of this offense, and what Dave can do to get them open. Now, there's going to be also some big plays like this, you know, because every play sort of starts the same way and looks the same way. You know, a lot of times defenses walk up there and they go, okay, if if uh, they go trips left. You know, we're going to go to cover whatever, you know. Um, or we're going to go man under against this this formation. But with Canales' offense, a lot of plays, the majority of them, I would say, 
sort of start the same. You know, now you may you may move an extra tight end in or an extra receiver, that sort of thing. But there's a lot of similarity to it until the ball snapped. And what they do is they put pressure on the defense to have to react to them. And if the defense doesn't read its keys, they create confusion. And then you get guys running free. I think Mike Evans made a comment to one of the players the other day that I've been here a long time and I've never been this wide ass open. <laughs> so, um, so that's the deception part of it. You know what I mean? Like you can get you can get guys big plays out of it, um, and so that's good. But it's it's going to take them a while to kind of get to the execution part of that that way. And um, you know, we talked to Jamel Dean about sort of the competition uh, between the quarterbacks. And he goes, oh, it's great. <laughs> he goes, those two are just competing. He goes, he goes, you know, the starting job's still up for grabs. And he goes, just just seeing them grind. <laughs> and he goes, uh, both of them have their own style. I mean, Baker's real outgoing and real energetic. And Kyle's kind of laid back. And, you know, but he's going to do what he needs to do. It's, he goes, but it's really almost like night and day between those two. Um, and they really are different. But they're going to have to, they're going to have to both sort of, run that offense um, and and protect the football. And that, that's going to be the thing. The other thing that shows up when you watch them, um, and again, on grass, you know, touch football, whatever, they're faster. And I mean a lot faster. Mm-hmm. You know, I think the thing that we kind of, you know, it, as writers or fans, like you watch the team win a Super Bowl, and their defense I thought was really good that year. I thought at times their defense carried them. I thought it did in the playoffs for sure. I don't think they beat New Orleans without that defense playing the way it did. No, absolutely. Um, and, and, you know, and the way Bob, Antoine Winfield Jr. was playing. Oh. Uh, Vita Bob, Vea, you know, coming Devin back White. late in that season. That Devin White yeah, was phenomenal. Vita and Green Bay. Mm-hmm. Vita, Vita Vea and Green Bay for 33 snaps on passing downs only. Forklift enough guys to get one-on-ones outside for Shaq and JPP who sacked Aaron Rodgers five times. Mm-hmm. And that was the difference. And then you had Sean Murphy bunting with the three interceptions and three playoff games, almost close to tying an NFL record. So their defense, I thought, you know, sort of really carried them. Mm-hmm. Um, now, is it going to be that good? Not right away. But I will say this. Because they were that good when they won the Super Bowl, what did the Bucks do? Let's keep the band together. Let's bring them all back. Well, they all, they all uh, you know, some of these guys were old when they won the Super Bowl. Yep. Then they kept getting older. And... Before you knew it, they were what? Slow. Really slow. Hella slow. You know, like Indomitian Sue, good point of attack guy. A lot of one-on-ones. Didn't have a ton of sacks. Didn't win a lot of one-on-ones. Like, and, and what teams would do is they knew they had those you know 700 pounds of defensive tackle, so they kept running to the perimeter and made those big guys have to run, and they wear them down. They have to rotate him out of there. But then who are you coming in with? Will Golston, right? Another guy that was the oldest guy on the team. And so they got old really quick. And it's a, as much as you marvel at players, you know, like Evans, who's still playing after 10 years, Levante, David, all those guys that can still do it. It's still a young man's game. It really is a young man's game. Those are the exceptions, and, not the rule. Exactly. No one plays that long for a reason. Because you leave pieces of you all over the NFL, you know. Um, you know, I left my knee ligament in Chicago, and then I <laughs> lost my, you know, my meniscus in you know Baltimore, and then I 
hit my shoulder and you know and that's sort of the way it goes until after about three and a half years there's not enough left of you to play and they kick you off the league and they bring in some young guy but those guys got old and they got old kind of fast and now what you're seeing is young young like to a man everybody we talk to goes oh there's a big difference in this team this team is young like you know guys that are young are the oldest guys in their rooms now and they, you know, they're in their third and fourth years, and they're like, "Wait a minute, when did this happen?" Well, you got a bunch of rookies now, uh, but some of the even some of the young guys aren't as young as you think they are. You know, mm-hmm. um, like Josh Hayes is twenty six years old. Hell, he's as old as Joe Tryon Shawinka, who's been in the league for two years. So, I mean, from that standpoint, um, you know, they they have experience. Some of them played five, six years of college. But these guys can run. And the biggest, I'm telling you, I, I will be, I hate to make predictions about a guy I've never even seen in pads. If Kalia Jacansi isn't a huge difference maker for them this year, and I mean like you notice him right away in every game, mm-hmm. I'll be shocked. Kalia Jacansi playing next to Vita Vea is a great combination of speed and power. And so you can't quite, you know, it used to be like, well, let's, you know, double team. We got to have at least two, you know, four hands on Vita and maybe two or four hands on in Sue and Domicon. But that's about all. You stand them up. Now, not not with Kansi. Kansi's too fast to catch, for one. Uh, and he's he's also he's also got it all because he's a student of the game. Like, he loves watching film and, and seeing, picking up nuances and, you know, getting into his playbook like he's serious about football like like you dream about when you draft a player is he Aaron Donald I doubt it who is but he's Aaron Donald like uh in that he's quick as hell and he's stronger than you think he is at 200 and you know 80 89 pounds or whatever he is I think he's going to be great for them and it'll be a matter of you know can Joe Tryon finish the pass rushes, and he probably left 10 or 12 sacks out there that he didn't get the guy on the ground. Well, he had four and a half. Like, can he get to Can he get to eight? Can he get to 10? You know, can he finish those plays? Devin White, where's his head at? Levante David said he's going to be all in by training camp. He's going to be ready to go. We'll see. Um, I think him and Devin, if you know, Levante and Devin, if they're back together and they're both engaged, mm-hmm. that's pretty good. And their secondary is actually better than it's been. Again, the I, last two years, I love they've been the relying move. on old guys. Yeah, I love the move of putting Winfield back. I do, too. I totally do. I totally do. I think that's going to make that secondary a lot better. I mean, they've lost some guys. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, you got Carlton Davis and Jamel Dean, of course, but I, I and, and Mike Edwards huge. is gone. Edwards is gone. A year ago, they lost Jordan mm-hmm. Whitehead. Yeah. yeah. But putting Winfield back there, I think he can stay healthier back there. Mm-hmm. And we saw what he did early in his career. His career still young, but you know right. how how impactful he was back there, and, yeah. and, and not only pass breakups, but even even in some of the run coverage. But you know, mm-hmm. not up at not up at the line of scrimmage where he kind of got lost at times. Right. Um, I, I think that's going to be a huge move, and, and, and may lead to more interceptions and, and turnovers, which is something this defense has lacked. They they desperately need it, and I think you're right. If you re, there's one play I remember from Antoine Winfield that I think kind of sums it up, and that was remember they were playing the Colts, 
And actually, the Colts were coming out, and they were throwing the ball a lot, and they were beating them over the top. And they were about to put the game away, and he went up and jumped over Michael Pittman Jr., Jr., I think, uh, and came down with a long interception from Carson Wentz, and it just started their comeback. And that sort of athletic play, I mean, you know, yes, I would agree that, you know, they started out hot last year. They had like 10 interceptions in their first eight games, I want to say. They were on fire, and then it just shut down. Um, but I think Ryan Neal, it was a great pickup. Like, Ryan Neal can start in this league, has started in this league. He's a bigger-bodied guy. He's not going to get beat up if he has to go down in the box. He's going to be that true, song, strong safety. Um, you know, and they've got guys that can come and play nickel corner, you know. And I think Zion McCallum is the number one guy. I mean, Zion is a hell of an athlete. He can fly. He was a little overwhelmed, a little overmatched last year. Game is slowing down. You still have D. Delaney. Um, you know, there's there's just there's a lot of guys out here that look good and are younger players. Uh, and I think I think that's what you want. I think you want some experience behind your starters, but then you also want here's one for you. There's a guy named Christian uh Eisen, and he's a uh he's a free safety and he has completely caught everybody's eye everybody he's a rookie um from Rutgers and Rutgers has had a lot of good players a lot of good defensive backs come to this league he can kind of do it all he can run he can hit he's got good ball skills and to have somebody, you know, albeit young, but that kind of that kind of athleticism and depth, it's something they've needed. Uh, and and you know, we'll see what happens with Shaquille Barrett coming off, you know, the torn Achilles, and of course the awful tragedy. I and mean, he's been running and working out this week. Um, and I was impressed by the fact that he's got nothing on his ankle, like he's completely, you know, out there doing um, conditioning drills and stuff like that. Um, Logan Hall could be a big part of this thing. He's kind of taken over that Will Golston role. Um, but, you know, they could be they could be a really – based on, you know, if you don't have injuries, when you could come off the bench and you've got Yaya Diaby rushing the passer, um, you've got some depth at linebacker and Sebastian Dennis, who's a smart guy. Anthony Nelson has had his, his moments that can be in that rotation. Um, Greg Gaines is a is – a, pretty good defensive tackle in this league that can be in the rotation. Like Jeremy Banks is a very athletic linebacker. And a lot of these guys are going to start out playing um, special teams. Jose Ramirez, they love his pass rush ability. So I think it's intriguing to me, and I think the defense is going to have to kind of carry the day until the offense can kind of get up to speed. And you're right, guys like Rashad White, we don't know. I mean, he's he's going to get his chance. You know, he's going to be such a big part of this offense that he, he'll he either be, a, uh, you know, talked about for the Pro Bowl uh, or they'll be looking for a running back because he's going to be asked to do a hell of a lot. And he, he's very – he talks a lot of noise. Uh, he's a very confident kid. Um, but I say this, like he was the starter the last six, seven weeks of the season, and he still only had one 100-yard rushing game. You can say, well, again, they didn't call the runs. The offensive line was bad. All right, all right, I'll buy all that. Now what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Which brings us to another running back we'll talk about here in just a minute that's no longer with the Bucks, but was making the TV tour. 
Uh, uh, uh. Playoff Lenny, uh, Lombardi Lenny, layoff Lenny. Let's see. I don't know. He's kind of part of all those things. We'll talk about him here in just a second. First, I want to tell you about May Electric Solar. This is how you save money in your electric bill. They're a family-owned business. They've been uh, installing solar electric systems in the area now for 13 years. A lot of these companies are out there, but May Electric Solar is committed to you for the long term. How long will they guarantee their workmanship with a 30-year labor and services warranty? Plus, that's not all. They, with every installation, you get $750 worth of surge protection for all your appliances. That's what they're calling the May difference. If you visit the Hudson showroom, May Electric is going to display all their products. They conduct on-site testing. You can see what they're going to install, and they're going to customize it exactly to your needs. Plus, they don't use subcontractors. That's important. You know that everybody who's up there working for them are Billy Mays guys, and that's who's doing the job. Start saving today. Call the solar energy experts, May Electric Solar, at 727-819-2862. You can schedule a free estimate, lower your electric bill all year long, preserve the quality of your appliances. That's May Electric Solar at 727-819-2862 or visit mayelectricsolar.com. So I went on my uh, uh, Twitter machine and uh, saw where Leonard Fournette was on uh, Good Morning Football. Um, and so, which, which I guess they said, well, well, they had a picture of him and they go like, label this. And I said, GMF, like Good Morning Fournette. Um, and so, and he also made the rounds, I think, on the Rich Eisen show. So I guess it was Leonard Fournette day around the national media. I saw one of the interviews. I don't think it was Jim F. I think it was maybe Eisen who wasn't in. Somebody was filling in for him. And they asked this one burning question of Leonard, which was, so, so Lenny, what, what are you, what are you kind of looking for in a team this year? Like what, what would be, you know, sort of like the ideal place for you to land? He goes, well, you know, I want to, I want to go somewhere where I can just, you know, stop, not bounce around as much and just, finish my career there, you know, a place that I can just finish my career. And I'm thinking to myself, you may have already been to that place. <laughs> like, what, do we know you're going to get signed? Like it's June 15th, man. Um, but yeah, your next place, that could easily be your last place. Right. Mm-hmm. So, well, yeah, I mean, there's uh, a lot of running backs not signed. And yeah. Like, and Leonard Fournette ain't the top of the list of teams. No. Looking to sign a running back. No. I mean, you know, how about the guy in Dallas? Right. I mm-hmm. mean, Ezekiel Elliott needs a job. You know, you've got a lot of guys that are out there, and we've talked about this for years, the devaluation of the running back position. I don't think it's so much a devaluation of it. I think it's a recognition that these are renewable resources. In other words, it's very hard to get to a second contract because you come out into the league at 22, 23 years old, and you survive four years, even if you're a first-round pick. I mean, Saquon Barkley is doing this right now. Like, he doesn't want to sign, you know, the uh, franchise tag. He wants a long-term deal, blah, blah, blah. They have no leverage. What are they going to do? Um, but Barkley's been hurt two of the four years, right? So even if you're great, does your team want to lock you up at age 20, what, 27, right, if you're a first-round pick? And then a couple years later, if you make it to 30, History tells us you're you're done. Um, they take they just take so much pounding uh, that, and like I said, it, most teams have more than one need more than one probably need three or four quite frankly that that you know kind of split the duties. Mm-hmm. So if this has been going on for a while, it's not that they're not important. 
It's just that are you going to pay them? You know, getting those are two separate issues. It's like, yeah, we need a running back. Yeah, we'd love to have a great running back. But are you going to are are you really going to put your resources into them financially? So Lenny is looking for a job. If anybody needs him, you can find him. Um, I think he'll show up somewhere. I, I think what happens is teams want to get their players into camp, into the mandatory mini camps. Now they'll go back and they'll assess and they'll tweak their rosters. If you remember, the Bucks signed a couple guys late, you know, last year, right before training camp, veteran players. Kyle Rudolph, right, was like one of the last players they signed as a tight end. No one's getting paid. No one's going to get any money. Um, but you're going to get an opportunity to be a veteran player and come in there and help the young guys. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. So the Rays got their series split, probably not the way they expected to. You sent me a a text, and it it was my daughter's uh, 11th birthday. Happy birthday, Alexandra. We had about eight girls over at the house, so it was kind of chaotic. And I'm trying to sort of keep an eye on the game. And Taj Taj, uh, Bradley was was dealing. I mean, like his Mm -hmm. stuff was electric. And he was filling up the strike zone. Not only that, it was all swing and miss. What did he strike out? Eleven of the first twelve batters. Yeah, eleven strikeouts. Uh, you know, when I sent that text, he it was through two innings, and he had struck out all six batters. Yeah, um, uh, just filthy I think stuff. He got, yeah, I think he got to eleven, ten or eleven in a row, uh, and then maybe gave up a hit. And then, but then, just as quickly as he was filling up the strike zone, he had to go to the stretch, and he kind of got all out of whack. And he's like, his mechanics got screwed. And he started walking guys, and he walked a couple hitters. Uh, and before you knew it, it's a three-three game. It happened really quickly. Like I, th- I said, I sent a text to my son. I go, if he stays in long enough, he may break Roger Clemens. Oh my God, Roger Clemens, he may break uh, not Roger Clemens. He may bring, carry, break Kerry Wood. Woods' record mm-hmm. with with you know twenty twenty strikeouts or something, um, because he had he had like literally eleven out of the first twelve batters he faced. Yep. Um, but boy, it, has, it 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 shows you just how fast things can turn. They got a couple of flares with the with a couple guys on after mm-hmm. a couple of walks, and before you know it, he's leaving the game. But how about the jam that they were able to get out of, and all because of Tyler Walls, who's just a phenomenal player. Yeah, later in the game, it wasn't from Taj Bradley, but right. three three game. I think it was the seventh inning. I want to say. Yep, it was late. Yeah. Bases loaded, nobody out. <laughs> I mean, think about that. Uh, yeah. Well, Deekman put all the runners on yeah he walked a couple and, yep. yeah and then what stevenson came in do mm-hmm. i have that right i'm trying to remember back but yeah and i think you're right the infield's drawn in because three three game late and a bullet yeah. hit to taylor walls uh, what 108 miles an hour off the bat <laughs> and he's playing in yep yeah. he snares it throws it home it's the four two three double play and, and taylor was jumping up and down afterwards excited I mean, you just don't. First of all, you don't see that very often. You got to be lucky that mm-hmm. with the infield drawn in, that they hit it at you one step right or left, and it's two runs. Um, but Taylor again just nails in any position they put him at. It's so hard to do. People don't appreciate it, but that's why he's in the big leagues. 
and the nice turn uh, by the catcher mm-hmm. uh, to get the double play. And then uh, they bring in they bring in another pitcher, I believe, uh, if I'm not mistaken, and and he gets the strikeout. And so they they strand, bases loaded, nobody out, and the A's don't score. And then the next half inning, Luke Raley home solo home run, your game winning run, four to three. Yeah. Pumps one out of there. And I think that's home run number 11 for him. 12. 12. He's now tied with the 12. Rosarina, Siri, and Yandi. They have four guys at 12 home runs. For a guy that doesn't play every day, you know, mm-hmm. he's taking some days off as well. Yep. He's a big, strong dude, man. So that was a nice split. That was a clutch split. And then after the game, you know, they talked to Bradley. I, lo- I like this kid. I'm telling you, it's mm-hmm. hard to believe he's only 22 years old. His stuff is crazy good. I mean, to be able to throw. 95, 96, locate the fastball. But then he's got this 12 to 6 curveball. He's got the slider. He's he's a four-pitch guy. He can throw them all for strikes. I like his makeup. He doesn't seem – things don't speed up on him out there. It's just it's just the control. You know, like mm-hmm. for whatever reason, he broke down a little bit mechanically when he had to go to the stretch because he was striking everybody out. Well, if you strike everybody out, what does that mean? You're in the windup all day. So you're kind of in that mode, and then all of a sudden somebody gets on – and it's like, oh, well, now I'm throwing out of a different motion. So, um, but as the more he pitches, he's so impressive, so impressive at this point. And it, yeah, we've seen other guys do this. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, obviously Chris Archer was really good for a long time in the beginning, and and others. It, it's the test of time is what makes you a major league pitcher. Um, but boy, you think about him, 22. I mean, he's so young to have that much talent and and that much poise. And I think he gets better every time he goes out there. Yeah, and it's all part of the learning process. I mean, you know, today Absolutely. you had your A stuff coming out, and then you get to the stretch mm-hmm. and you start struggling. That's a learning. That's a learning opportunity for him at this level. It is. Yep. Um, you know, and as as bad as the A's started the season, they've been playing really well of late. Um, yeah, and, and doing much better. And and this is part of the development of Taj, Taj Bradley. I mean, he's going to be fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, I, I, you know, the Rays the last two days looked a lot better. Yeah, they did not look like themselves the first two games, and I and I heard Doug Wechter and 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 Neil talking about it a little bit on the radio, and even Andy Freed and, and Brian Anderson on television of just you know they're in the middle of seventeen games in sixteen days. Yep, and the trip to the West Coast and just mm-hmm. it just it, nothing felt right the first two days. No, it just did, they didn't have that energy that they normally do. They didn't have the energy, is right. Mm-hmm. And that happens over the course of a 162-game schedule. And, oh, yeah. And there are times when you're going to have 17 games in 16 days. And and that, I mean, you know, and every team goes through it, not all at the same time. We talk about in hockey all the time, you know, all of a sudden you're playing five games in eight days and, you know, on a road trip. And it's, you know, and while the other team's sitting at home for three days before you came in for, you know, your fifth well, game. Well, and trip. a lot of times don't – I mean, am I wrong about this? A lot of times when you go west, maybe you'll stop on the way out to Kansas City or Houston mm-hmm. or somebody. Or you'll have a day off, right? Like you have the long travel day and then you maybe not play when yeah. you get there, but then you play the next day. These guys had no time off. Well, you have they to have went, the day off coming back because you lose the three hours. That's correct. Yeah, you but know, not, when you, when you go out there, out. you don't always have a day off. Sometimes you do, right. sometimes you don't. Right. I don't think they did this time. No, but. they did not. They they played Sunday and then, you know, at the Trop and then went out straight to Oakland and now they're in San Diego. So, Yeah, but 50 wins. F- yeah, the first team to 50 wins. Um, mm-hmm. It's just it's impressive that it's it's a different player every night. 
Yeah, really it, is. You know, that, that contributes when they win games. It's not all, you know, whether it's Isak Paredes or today it was Luke Rayleigh with the winning run. Manuel Margot right. is heating up right now. He had the best series, including mm-hmm. a home run. Mm-hmm. Thought he hurt his wrist on that one play where he dove in center. He field. might have. We'll see if there's any. You know, yeah, that was scary. Long, and and you know, Jose Series missed the last two games with a sore shoulder. So, right. You know, it'll be interesting to see who's in center field tonight. Yeah, but they got Margot going. That was. It's been a good road trip for him so far. So yeah, I mean, what can you say? I mean, these guys just keep rolling. I think they have a five game lead still over Baltimore. Mm-hmm. So they'll play the series in San Diego. Then they come home against Baltimore, I believe. Um, I I will this, say this Wednesday night, and they won the game. They had four players thrown out on the bases. Yeah, starting uh, to get a little loose. I, I I know they're aggressive, and 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 mm-hmm. I like that. Can we talk about Randy Rosarino? He's not a good base dealer. <laughs> Nobody's. He's aggressive, he's, but he's been thrown out. He's, what? He's sixty percent is his stolen base rate. That's awful. Yeah, I know. He's he's um, he's a willing base runner. Well, he's willing, and, and but the teams know it too, and they know he's going to go know, early. Like you throw a pitch because you know he's going to go. I mean, he's, I know he's not a good base dealer. He's aggressive, no, he's, and and I love I love. The way he plays you the love game, I love. I, yeah, I love all that stuff. All that. But yeah. there are times. Sometimes, hold up, you're not that good. You know, Taylor Walls hasn't been thrown out yet this year. Right, Man, he's you a know, good base dealer. Wander Franco barely gets thrown out. Mm-hmm. You know, but Randy Rosarina is well, I think he's nine for fifteen, nine and six. I yeah, think that's is. that's not a good percentage on the bases. It's not good at all. You know, I, I don't know how much they talk to those guys. I know they have a lot of leeway to, to you know, you see something, you go. You must have a green light, yeah. But with Randy, sometimes you got to go, whoa, hold on, let's not go here yet. Yeah. The better part of valor for sure. But you can't um, you can't fault them with what they're doing and their mm-hmm. record, and, and um, you know, they could still have a winning road trip, obviously. They, they split. And the A's had been playing really, really well. I mean, until – the Rays won the other night. They had won, I think, uh, seven six or row. seven in a row. Yeah. yeah. And they're no longer the worst record in baseball. Uh, they were uh, tied with the Royals going in. I don't. If the they, Royals lost today, then they're still tied. But Yeah. But the fact they've caught them, I mean, they were way behind. The Royals are really bad, but they were way behind them. Yeah. No, it's it's been a, uh, it's been a good. But, good um, and in that stretch, the A's, what, took two out of three from Atlanta? Mm-hmm. Took two out of three from the Pirates? Mm-hmm. Then they beat the swept Mets too? the Brewers in Milwaukee. Oh, uh, oh, that's right. That's what the Brewers. Yeah, uh, you know these are all good teams. Yeah, that's right. You know Atlanta's the best team in the National League. Hmm. Uh, Milwaukee uh, and Pittsburgh are you know right just above five hundred in the Central. Hmm. But but yeah, I mean Oakland's gotten a lot better. They've been playing good ball. So it's on to San Diego. The second game of that series, Blake Snell's on the mound. That'll be interesting. Wonder if Kevin Cash will take him out. Oh wait, <laughs> can't do that. The wrong team. Well, if you hit enough, yeah. you can. Maybe they just knock him out. Yeah, <laughs> they could do that. Uh, I want to wish all you guys this weekend a very happy Father's Day. Um, it's one of the most or the most important job uh, those of us who have children are blessed enough to have that we do have and want you to enjoy it and uh, whatever that means. Maybe sitting on the couch. I don't know. Um, Watching the but, U.S. Open? Uh, 
Right, U.S. Open. I'm liking this prime time. We're, I'm watching it as we're uh, taping. It's it's awesome because they're playing in L.A. Yes, and so it's uh, daylight out there. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, and and of course that leaderboard, goodness gracious, it's, it's the who's who. It's like every great golfer. I'm always amazed at the majors. It's like there's no there's no slackers up there, man. Like it's it's like these are Hall of Famers. You know, like you start seeing the names and you're going, okay, yeah, him, yeah, him, him, t- him too. Yep. And uh, it's the same names you're used to seeing in, in, in the major tournaments. They're the ones that win. So it's going to be a good tournament, including Roy McIlroy. Roy McIlroy is uh, is back up there on uh, pretty high on the leaderboard as well. So it should be a fun weekend. So yeah, you can watch you can watch the uh, you can watch the U.S. Open. You can watch the Rays take on the the Padres. You can play with the kids. You can tell them to leave you alone. Whatever you want, but enjoy your. Enjoy your Father's Day and remember your father. I wish I could say and call mine. I'll tell you that. I miss him every day. And, uh, um, you know, now that I'm a dad myself, I realize what a what a tough job it is. And um, But enjoy it and be safe. And uh, we will we will be back to talk to you guys uh, on Monday for sure. So thanks for listening. For Steve Versnick, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great Father's Day weekend, everybody. 